Great Escape. I'm author CJ Peterson with my co-host, author Michael Scott Clifton over there. We've had a few weeks break, um, so welcome back, first of all. Second of all, how was your cruise, Mike? I know that's why you were gone. Oh, uh, we, uh, we hated every minute of it, CJ. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I mean, we loved it. I mean, you're on a yeah. big hub in the middle of the ocean. With yeah, I mean, yeah, waited on hand and foot. You don't have to do anything. Could eat until you fall over. Uh, so what's what's to like about all that? Uh, yeah, know. no, we we had a great time. We've been on. Of course, we're not as we don't probably go cruising as much as you and and Trevor do. But we've been on six, seven, maybe eight cruises. This might have been our our eighth cruise. Mm -hmm. And but we haven't been on one since before COVID. So it's been five years. Uh, we were supposed to go on a cruise for our 40th anniversary, which, ironically enough, fell the same year as COVID and all the shutdown. Yeah. So, <clears throat> we, got, we got the last cruise as it came in. They shut them down like right after we docked. Right. <laughs> so. and, and anyway, when and, you know, after that, you heard horror stories of cruises like floating Petri dishes with sick. And so we just just put it off until... The coast was clear, so to speak, to uh, to use a cliche. But um, and we were visiting before we started the, the podcast. Uh, I've been uh, uh, pulling, digging potatoes. My mm -hmm. father-in-law would, late father-in-law would shoot me if he said pulling. Now you dig potatoes. That's what he says. Anyway, uh, reason what's that? You do pull carrots, but you dig. You potatoes. do. Yeah, you dig potatoes as he was, and peas are not beans. That's another thing. And dinner yeah. is too, it's not supper. You don't say that for supper. But um, anyway, I've been digging potatoes for two straight days, and I'm still a row and a half from finishing. And today I started like at 6 37 o'clock, finally finished around 11. If any of you, if anybody, is within shouting distance of Mount Pleasant, and you'd like some potatoes, <laughs> look me up. I've, I've got them out the kazoo. So uh, anyway, so yeah, we had a great time on the cruise, and uh, uh, June will start the first, I think, seven or eight Comic-Cons for me. We'll be going, Melanie and I will be going to the Mississippi Comic-Con in Jackson, Mississippi. That's... Uh, June 24th and 25th. And we have never been to that one before, but the company that does these Comic Cons, which used to be Avcons, is now VXV. They always do great, great Comic Cons. And a lot of the vendors we run across, probably some of the same ones you, Trevor, have run across as well, have really raved about the Mississippi Comic Con. So we're, uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, not looking forward to the drive, but Oddly enough, and I think we've mentioned this on the show before, there are closer places to go in Louisiana and Arkansas and Oklahoma and now Mississippi than about half the places that host Comic-Cons in Texas because it's such a big state. It's, mm -hmm. it's closer to Jackson than it is to Austin. And As, so, you know, and I've said it before, we've driven from San Diego, California to El Paso and it takes the exact same time to drive that distance as it does to go from El Paso to East Texas. Well, it's, it's, it's amazing. We kind of set a, we kind of set a limit on ourselves of 
five hours mm -hmm. driving and anything past that, I, you know, we just decide that's a little too far to go. So Jackson is trying to remember, it's a little, is it, it may not even be five hours. Um, but anyway, um, it's, it's the next uh, book event that'll be going to be kind of a quiet for me anyway, CJ spring, as far as book events go. Um, but that's okay. You know, because I'll be will be wore out about five months from now on these Comic Cons. So pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um I know. Well, we went to the one week we had off, which is good because um my stepson got married. So congratulations, Brian and Katie. If you ever get a chance to hear this. Um, they got married this last weekend. They're currently on a cruise of their own. And yeah, it was fun. We went to the Grand Canyon, we took our daughter Casey with us. We went to the Grand Canyon first for like a few days and just kind of enjoyed the ride, enjoyed California. Um, it ended up being in the Laguna Hills, Laguna Beach area. Mm, wow. So it's really pretty. Um, and then we flew back. So it was it was a trip, um, but it was really fun and it was really nice, really well. The wedding was stunning. She looked like a princess. He was so happy. It was really cool. So we were super excited. Um, but just like you, our Comic-Cons are starting back up. So for Magic Making Mischief, we're going to be covering Kimo Kauai this weekend. So this Saturday in the Lone Star Convention Center in Conroe, Texas. The next week is my birthday present, Fan Expo Dallas, which we're also covering for Magic Making Mischief. But my present in regards to that is I will be getting the autograph of Joseph Quinn, who played Eddie Munson in Stranger Things. So super excited about that. Um, then we get a few weeks break, and then in July for an entire week of the 15th, 16th, I think it's the 17th through the 20, 20th, something like that. I'm going to be speaking in Montrose, Pennsylvania at the Montrose um, Christian Writers Conference. Awesome. So I'm super excited about that. That's an all-week deal. I'll be doing three separate classes as well as a class all week for teens. So writing sci-fi and fantasy. So super excited about that. I love teaching teens. I love just teaching and talking about writing. You know, it's our passion. So we totally enjoy it. Um, however, today we're going to be talking about waiting for your muse, a.k.a. writer's block. And the irony is Nancy Hudgens, a.k.a. Dana Wayne, who we've had in here a couple of times, actually posted this morning. So Dana, if you're listening, um, she actually posted that she's praying that her muse was going to talk to her today. And I'm pretty sure she is or he is. Um, because last time I checked with her, she or saw she had over 2,000 words done today. So wow. way to go. Wow. Um, waiting for your next book. But, you know, that's okay. Um, so the question is for you. Do you ever get writer's block? How do you get through it? What are some tips and tricks? Mike, what about you? You know, I've been asked that, as I know you have as well. Uh, I don't know how I've lost count how many times I've been asked that. Not necessarily by people who are writers or authors, just people that, you know, you're a book event and they're curious as to, you know, your writing and stuff. And they ask, do you ever get writer's block? And if so, what do you do about it? And I can honestly say that I have never experienced writer's block. It's kind of a um, uh, not something that I'm familiar with in terms of a problem I've struggled with. Lots of other problems, you know, that are common with most writers and authors, you know, I, I'm not a, uh, immune to, but that particular ghost doesn't haunt me that much because I've never really had um, 
writer's block. I think, me personally, I don't know how you agree, whether you agree with this or not, CJ, I think as a pantser, mm-hmm. I, if I had to make a very general statement, I would think that people who are pantsers, who, you know, who let the inspiration come to them and they're not, they don't plan things out, probably tend to suffer less from writer's block than those who are, you know, who are, who outline everything, who uh, have their story arc done pretty much have all the work done before they get started because um, they're having to think every step through. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that next step in there. And, uh, but I think with, with, with Panzers, I don't know if you, how you think about this, CJ, I think part of, the advantage, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. of being a pantser, you know, letting the inspiration come to you is that oftentimes things that you are writing about, it's not a question of the next scene, the next step, the way to finish the next idea to try to finish the chapter. It's which one are you going to choose, mm-hmm. you know? And these are adventure books we used to read growing up. Yeah. Sift them out. You know, which one is, is, you know, and sometimes I get stuck more on that than I do writer's block because, you know, man, that's a great idea, but this is a great idea too. So I I don't have that problem. I will say that of the people that I know of that have suffered from writer's block, um, they, I think if they if they have their story in their head, most people do to a certain extent. It doesn't matter whether you're a planner or a pantser. If you already have the story in your head and you've got a general idea of the you know the characters and how the story is going to start and how it's going to end, um, you you can it, it's it's not that great a reach to fill in the blank, you just have to kind of think about it for a while. I mean, what do you think? Well, I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves as authors. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a thing. And when you do, you do sometimes hit that roadblock. Um, I do agree with you that yes, as pantsers, we do have the advantage of just kind of going with the flow and whatever Mm -hmm. way the story takes us. However, um, there are times where I have painted myself in a corner where I'd have to go back and delete a few chapters and start Mm -hmm. Point again. So sometimes if you are a pantser and that does happen to you, don't be afraid to delete the chapters. Mombirella says, hi, hi, Mombi. Don't be afraid to delete the chapters. Don't be afraid to, you know, maybe not even delete, just set them aside, like cut, cut them off the Word document and paste them onto another for maybe a later story or a later storyline somewhere else. Um, but when it comes to my writing, a lot of times a certain song will trigger it. Yeah. So I can probably tell you exactly which songs did which books. It's that predictable. And sometimes people have told me what the song was before I even told them. So they can usually pick it up. Um, But whenever I do hit that point, usually that song will trigger some sort of a scene. Hold on. Mombi says, that's my problem with stories. I can't bring myself to delete them. So they sit there and finish. That's not necessarily a bad thing. As long as you go back to them later. Um, but what I would do is a certain song would trigger a certain scene in my mind. And I, that's the only thing that was technically planned in my pantser attitude, I guess. 
Um, so that's the one thing I had to get to. And that's the one thing I had to get through. And so a lot of times what I'll do is I have a certain playlist in my head and that particular song is in that playlist. And when I reach that scene, I just literally play that song over and over and over again. And some people have even said that they can almost feel the rhythm in the storylines that I have. So I kind of thought that was ironic that they can almost tell the rhythm of the writing. Um, but whatever it is that honestly triggered that story, whether it's a picture, whether it's a person, whether, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, what it was, keep that in front of you. Whether it's a song, whether it's a picture, whether it's a specific person, put that person either or picture on the board in front of you, put it somewhere near you so that it's going to trigger whatever that scene or that particular storyline had triggered and go back to the point that you lost it where you were going along with a great flow. When that flow stopped or started to stall, go back to there, cut it out, put it on a new Word document and start from that point. Um, Mom B says, maybe I'll get them finished when the kids are in college. <laughs> Possibly. And then she said, theme song. Nice. And it's, yeah. It's kind of like I write my books as if I'm watching a movie. If I'm bored, it gets deleted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so kind of, yeah, they could almost be the, the song for the whatever movie of that book is it's ever made. It could pretty much just be the song for it. So it's kind of a theory and a way of doing it. Sometimes people have certain habits that they have to do in order to sit down to write. Um, sometimes it's, some people are superstitious. Uh, sometimes they, like I said, they get a lot of pressure from their publisher or something where it's just like they hit the roadblock because there's so much pressure on them. As authors, we have goals, we can have goals, but unless you were like in a hardcore contract situation, you can put that off. That's not a bad thing until right the inspiration of the story strikes you because once it does, I promise you, you will take off whatever that storyline is. And well, you know, the, we both live out in the country mm -hmm. and we both have acreage. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I found, this is me personally, that if I'm mowing the lawn, for example, Okay, or you're going on a long trip, like you said, driving to San Diego. Mm -hmm. Okay, let your mind drift into the story that you are that either you have written already, already written in your head, or you have parts of it, and just let your your thoughts go with the story and with your characters and things like that. In other words, um, and and it's more. And of course, this is just me, okay? But I'm part of my mind is on the task at hand. Let's say it's mowing, okay? Mm -hmm. Riding lawnmowers, zero turn like I have. And the other half is thinking about the story and your characters. Mm -hmm. I found that a lot of times, if you'll, this dead time, if you want to call it, call it that, uh, is very productive for me because. I start thinking about things and what ifs, almost like daydreaming. Uh, it's not quite like that because, again, you're you're involved in doing something and you can't run into a tree mowing or something like that. But you're thinking about your story. And if you're riding in the car and somebody else is driving and you have that time to think as well about the story. And 
and I guess, and I've, I've heard somebody else, I don't remember now who it was talking about this, um, said, always go back to your characters mm-hmm. and your characters will lead the way when you get to a point where you don't know where to go next. And it's, I guess what they were saying in a roundabout way is if you know what your character is, he or she, and what their characteristics are and what their strengths and weaknesses are, what would they do next? How does that, how does that flow with your story? So, but a lot, like I said, just a lot of dead time sitting on the porch. You just think about the things that you're writing about. And I don't know, like I said, I, I, I like doing that. And I I started laughing. I'm like, what is that? I don't know what that is. (laughs) I don't have that. Um, But along the same idea is when I'm in the shower, an idea will strike. Mm -hmm. And there have been times you can ask my husband, we're like, hey, put this on a text to me. Send me a text to say this because then they hit. Um, The other thing I do a lot of times if I'm stuck, I will just stop. I'm not going to push it. I just stop and I go to bed thinking about it. And you know, that kind of twilight time where it's like just Mm -hmm. before you start to go to sleep or just when you're kind of slowly waking up, it will usually somehow work itself out. So I have a post-it note app on my phone. A lot of times we'll do that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Another thing I'll do is I will talk to super hubby. Super hubby has some great ideas. He came up with one of the nastiest twists in the angel series. I'm not going to tell you what it is, you have to read it. And then once you're done reading it, I'll tell you which one it was. Um, but he comes up with some good ones too. Or sometimes I'll be talking to him and I'll be like, what do you think of this? Or what about this? And he'll be like, mm, maybe try this instead. I'm like, that's it. Thank you. And then I can just keep going and write notes because I got it. That's what I need. It was just a little something. So use your spouse, your significant other, use you know your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. They may have some ideas, especially you know they know you better than you know yourself. And sometimes they know the characters. You know, if I can use having coached, I've coached for 21 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, uh, and I would, using a comparison between players and athletes and writers and authors. Okay. Some of the worst play I saw, some of the kids I coached, and I coached uh, basketball and track, mm-hmm. is when, they went into the game or they went into the contest and they were so wired and keyed up that they could not perform at the high level that yep. they were at. In other words, they it's not necessarily that they're relaxed. It's just that they were so keyed up. They could not stay focused on, on what they were doing. And so if you worry about writer's block, if you worry about it, you reached a point where you don't know where the next step is, and then you just chew on it and over and over again, it, it will make it worse. So, you know, you need to relax. Um, the ideas will come and, uh, you know, I've, and I don't know about you, CJ, but I've never met an author yet that suffered from permanent writer's block. No, At some, point the, some point the log jam is, uh, you know, blows up and it all starts to flow again. Mm-hmm. And can I mention one other thing about what you were saying about the chapters? Again, this is a difference between pantsers and planners. Okay. If you, you were saying go back and if you come up with a particularly good idea or chapter, don't discard your previous chapters, uh, maybe just place them aside. Well, 
if you're a, what I don't know if you agree with this or not, CJ, but if you are a true pantser, mm-hmm. you can always bridge the gap between what you where you want to go and the chapters that you have already written. There's a way to do that. And when you're a pantser, you have that flexibility. If you've if you're not and you've got a formula already done, your story arc, your characters, everything, you're kind of locked into that. And it does tend to be almost impossible to go back and make a change. But if you're a pantser, I think you, you know, if you're creative and I know that you are, and I've no, you know, you can go back and you can actually build a bridge. Maybe it's one chapter, maybe it's two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it's possible to, to to put those together without having to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. At least I found it to be. And I don't even say that because it might be a good scene to start another book. Okay, yeah, that's true. Uh, there, there could be other ways of doing it. Mombi wants to know, how do you guide it when you have a lot of characters like Divine Legacy? She said, the characters are always there waiting in your head. She started laughing. They are. Um, the beauty of having a fair amount of characters, which I've found kind of ironically limiting when there's only a couple characters, <laughs> considering I started with the Team Angel series, there were a plethora of characters. I mean, because the characters crossed over storylines. So there were characters all over in different parts or moving at every part, whereas like, well, even in a, the Sands of Time trilogy, there's a lot of characters. Um, I was felt a little bit limited when it came to um, strength from within and chain reaction because they were like a couple characters that were the main ones versus the huge groups that I'm used to doing. Uh, as far as keeping track of them, it's kind of that ADD meets OCD that's going on in my brain where there's like 20 windows going up and some of them are playing music and some of them are <laughs> books on tape books that are on Bella or something, you know, but they're all, and some are research, but they're all going and I know exactly what's where. It's kind of like organized chaos. That's kind of my brain. It's organized chaos. She said, I love it when characters turn up in other books. Yeah, it's fun. Um, You get to put another part of the character storyline in a different book or a different series. And that makes for kind of like a fun read for the readers because they're just like, oh, I remember them. You know, who knows? Tori and Trip may turn up in a time travel adventure somewhere else. Who knows? Uh, the kids from Sands of Time trilogy may show up somewhere else. So there's a lot of flexibility when you're a pantser. Um, I would imagine almost when you're a planner that you don't have as much writing block either. Uh, Mombi says, yes, please, on those ideas. Um, <laughs> when you're a planner, because you kind of have it planned out, you know? So I, I, I don't know what that's like, and I think that would give me hives, but I'm a pantser brain, so I don't know how that works. Like I said, I have before kind of painted myself into a corner where I've had to go back and like remove up to the point that I reached it and then go back and re-go and have at it again. There are times when I've gone through, because a lot of times it's the whole idea of getting the sand in the box. When you're writing, you just got to get the sand in the box. You got to get the basic storyline down. Then you can go in and play with the details. You can sharpen them up a little bit more. And sometimes when you're going through and doing those details, you're just like, oh, that doesn't make sense. I need to pull that out. You know, that happens. And then, but usually you're just, you're writing. You know, if somebody's having writer's blocks, sometimes I'll do what's called verbally vomit. Just bring up a new piece of paper and just 
start writing how the general idea of how your story is going and eventually you will hit that spot again and but if you're verbally vomiting it's just coming out and you might have some ideas that come out of that kind of brainstorming verbally vomiting kind of the same idea <laughs> well you would think that planners would have everything planned out but my experience with planners is um what they have is they have chap they have the outline Mm -hmm. But you still have to fill in the, the the blanks. You still have to fill in, you know, from point A to point B. And um, and sometimes that's not, you would think that would be easy to do, particularly if you've got most, if you've got the general outline already uh, done. Mm -hmm. But I found that sometimes just speaking with others who do that, it's, you know, it's, it's always, it's not always easy you, you know, you know what the chapter, you know what this chapter is and this chapter, but then you come to the point where you have to tie that in mm -hmm. and don't know how. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, taking a test where you have, you know, it's a uh, fill in the blank question and you don't know which word to use. You know, you know what the answer is. So, um, but I, I don't know how to spell I, it autocorrect says I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think a lot of different characters too, like you were saying earlier, CJ, diversifying your um, mm -hmm. um, book. I will say this on that, in that um, you can populate a story with so many minor characters that you inadvertently take away from your main characters. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have critiqued some other authors who's, you know, I'm not going to say who they are, but I've critiqued other authors down through the years um, that uh, had so many, so many minor characters that I, I couldn't keep up with them. I couldn't keep track of, of them and they weren't important to the story. And that mm -hmm. was the main thing. Like say in a murder trial, the bailiff, Bailiff Henry G, you know, or something like that. All Henry does is say, is, is let the person go up there and say, do you tell the, swear to tell the whole truth, hold the truth and nothing but the truth. And that's their entire importance. But, and a lot of times they don't need names. They don't even need a name. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I do understand with interesting minor characters, because I know with you, especially with your writing CJ, uh, you have different stories that you can actually go from there and write about those minor characters mm -hmm. for a whole new series or whole new angles on the books, the, the series that you write. So, well, yeah, that's important. Those minor characters actually ended up going, no, 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 I'm staying and I'm going to be an important part of this, um, especially with the Team Angel series because it was such a big group, but that entire big group were part of the Angels which allowed a lot more flexibility and storylines because only part of them went and part of them stayed home. And so it's kind of like learning to function within a large unit. So it gets, it gets fun. Um, sometimes juggling them is a little bit difficult, but like I said, it's that whole ADD OCD alphabet soup of chaotic organized chaos in my brain. You know, it happens. I've learned to work with it. Don't fight it. That's another thing. Um, when you are trying to write it, don't fight it. Another is confidence in your writing. Um, before you, I was published. I basically wrote the stories for me. I see. Um, 
when I read him to super hubby, he's like, no, 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 no. These, these need to be shared. This, this is not just for you. This needs to be shared. And so when you have somebody supportive beside you, it also strangely helps with writer's block. I know it sounds weird, but some people are like, well, I'm not a writer. You don't know that you're not a writer until you write. And that's what a amazing editor is for. <laughs> they help right. immensely. Um, make sure you've got it or like a cheat group that Mike's in, you know, they can give you tips and tricks. Uh, you've got a story in there, write it, take it and run with it. It's given to you for a reason. And I tell people that a lot too, because they're like, I have a great story you need to write. And I'm like, no, no, no. If you have the great story, then you need to write it because it was given to you, not me. And you can always go on a cruise to find interesting characters. Oh, yes. There are a plethora of characters and cultures and oh, yeah. different yeah. things to people watching, just people watching in general. That's is, right. Mm, a treat. Just go to a That's different right. state. Um, you'll see all sorts of fun people. Um, people are people at their core. And that's one thing to remember as well. They're at their core, the ultimate core. People are people, no matter what time they're in, no matter what place they're in. Some are good. Some are not so good. It just depends on their heart. Um, if you know the motivation behind them all, then you will understand it all. And you should be able to write your story. And right. when you do hit those points, as Mike said, you know, utilize your dead time. Uh, <laughs> as time <laughs> says, no time to stay from becoming a character. Yes, um, that is true. And I have a few, but they do know it and they know it. And like one of them, I was in inter interviewing a um, field training officer for one of the series, the Grace Restored series. And I said, I'm going to make your character the, the field training officer. He goes, you can, but you can't kill me. I'm like, mm, I can make it glorious. He says, nope. I said, please. Says, no. <laughs> so, no, you're not exempt. Actually, you are more than likely going to be a character somewhere <laughs> in there, whether it's a cameo or not. Um, I might be able to give you a glorious death. Who knows? <laughs> it's all fun. Um, and that's the thing is it's entertainment. That's the thing to remember as well. It's entertainment. It's not a field guide to the world and how it works. It's entertainment. Right. That's right. Don't yeah. put too much pressure on yourself. Enjoy it. Enjoy the process. Enjoy writing. Um, do you have any other last minute? We're a little bit over. Nope. Just uh, Nancy, AKA Dana or Dana Wayne, AKA Nancy Edgens. Good luck. I know you'll find your muse. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, next week, June 7th, we are going to have Stephen Gies and his genre is slipstream genre. Kind of curious to know what that is. We'll find out next Wednesday at one o'clock with Stephen Gies. In the meantime, um, like I said, I will be at Lone Star Convention Center at Kimo Kauai on Saturday. If you're there, come stop and say hi. Catch me. Um, if not, I will also be at Fan Expo Dallas the following weekend on Saturday and a little bit on Sunday, but mostly Saturday. In the meantime, and then Mike will be where on the 28th? Uh, Jackson, Mississippi at the Mississippi Comic-Con. Jackson, Mississippi, Mississippi Comic-Con. So to find out more about us, make sure to go to cjpetersonwrites.com or michaelscottclifton.com. And you can go underneath our appearances pages to find out where we are. And we will catch you then. Till next time, have a good one. <laughs>